You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome in. It is Thursday, folks, and it's another episode of Line the Gain. You're listening to the Buffalo Rumblings Network. She is Sarah Larson from sunny Miami. <laughs> I'm the big O, Jerry Ostrowski, down here in the Tulsa, Oklahoma. What is up, folks? Before we get going, hit the like button. Smash the subscribe button. We got a lot to talk about today. One thing we are going to not do is what, Sarah? <laughs> talk about the draft. <laughs> talk about not the draft really. obsessively. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we'll we'll touch base a little bit about it, but you know, obviously, we don't. You know, we're one of the the shows at the end of the week, and we know that it's been talked about kind of ad nauseum at this point in time, and yes. um, there's no take that we can have at this point in time without anything being you know, um, adjusted on the rosters currently that, you know, it makes any sense to, to, you know, to, to change anything that we've been talking about, but I mean, we'll get into it, obviously, um, you know, the week before the draft, maybe even next week as well. We'll, we'll dive back in a little bit, but kind of wanted to, to stay away at this point in time. You know, one of, one of the things about the draft that's amazing is how many ways a million people can draft the same names in a different order. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, you know, there it's, 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 it's funny to me that, that people just, they regurgitate the same names. It seems like over and over again, I've seen some doozies. I've seen some good ones. Yeah. Um, uh, I think that there's, you know, I'm excited for it. I'm ready to, I'm ready to see where we go, what, what Avenue we go to. Um, you know, I guess now that, Oh, Jim Kelly and, and and our man John Fina of the Buffalo Rumbling Network. And now that they've endorsed the fact that it is okay to draft B. John Robertson, we should just go ahead and draft them and everything's okay, right? Hey, I, I don't say I'm not gonna say everything's okay, but I still do not mind drafting Bijan at all. Um I'm actually I've been because everybody is on board with um you know with drafting a linebacker. So like it, it started to become on board, I should say, because be, before it was just offense, offense, offense. And now people are starting to to say, well, you know, linebacker. So maybe Jack Campbell. So I've started to watch a little bit more, you know, um, of his tape and, and stuff. I'm still not positive. I want him at 27. <laughs> I'll be honest. But that's just because I feel like there's not any um, real middle linebackers in this, um, in this right. draft that are worth taking in the first and second round. Um, I, I don't know if any of them are, are, you know, plug and play. Um, so I feel like it's almost a, a waste of a first round pick if he's not going to see the field. Um, right. so, but you know, I've started to watch a little bit more. I've gotten a little bit more, you know, on board with him as a pick. I would just prefer it being in the second round. Um, another person, someone, you know, kept on fighting with me about was was Josh Downs. So I've watched a little bit more about him. I obviously I know who he is because he's an ACC wide receiver. But uh, you know, I've watched a little bit more on him. Um, you know, and, and got me a little bit more on board. Um, today there was a lot of people talking about Ivan Pace, uh, another right. linebacker. He dude is so small. I see him kind of as like a big safety. Um, so the, that's, the fact, what the, that's what linebackers are becoming. Yeah, but you know, to to be, I don't know, to to be in our defense and the way we run the defense, I don't see him replacing the whole left by Edmonds. Right. 
So I, it, it makes me a little nervous there. Um, but you know, we'll see where we, you know, where we end up drafting at this point in time. Ivan Pace would be down the road, probably fourth or fifth round, I would think. Um, but he is a, a decent prospect just later, um, and kind of see what we could, could do with him, you know, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, what ends up happening, uh, in a couple of weeks. I'm excited. I'm uh, flying in on Thursday and then I, I leave on Saturday. Um, so I'm definitely excited. Uh, on Friday, I will be um, in the, like actually in the draft section. So right. I'll be up, up and close. So second and third round, um, you guys will get a lot of, you know, stuff on Twitter. So long, as long as there's, you well, know, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be able to make it, which is fine. But what I will tell you is this. I'll send you who we're picking five minutes before it happens because I'll be the one getting all the tips. All right. And y'all will be standing there. So <laughs> I'll probably know who we're picking before you do, and you'll be in Kansas City. But anyway, folks, we like when you hit the comment section. Do so. If you're in the comment section, you'll see who I want to draft. My first-round pick is a guy by the name of Trade. I want to trade out. <laughs> um, nobody inspires me at 27 mm. the way. I must have them. And of course, unless we find out that somehow, some way, Quentin Johnson or somebody like that just stumbles the 27. But um, I some people don't are saying it might happen. happen. You know, um, I, I have a does. couple of people. Yeah, I have a couple of people who, you know, keep on, um, you know, mocking uh, Quentin Johnson, Zay Flowers, um, our two wide receiver prospects that a lot of people think are going to go earlier. Um, but you know, they're still popping up in those, uh, in, in, you know, at number 27, someone posted earlier today, um, that we, a draft, uh, a, a mock draft. And it was really almost annoying because, um, you know, that we, we all feel like we need some type of battle at, you know, tackle, right, right tackle right now. And they had us picking, I think Henley. Um, who's also a linebacker out of Washington State. Um, so they had us picking Henley at 27. Most people have him as the fifth or sixth linebacker off the board. Um, right. And then the next pick was Darnell uh, uh, Wright. So it's like, wait a second, we're, you know, who in the heck came up with this mock draft? So, and I'm, I'm a Henley fan, don't get me wrong, but I have him more like third round, um, you know, maybe early third, late second, possibly just because it's not that deep at linebacker uh, this year. So Twitter has been uh, cracking me up a little bit uh, with some of these, with some of these ideas that they've been having. Um, hey, I but like today, what Roy had to say in the comments. I like what Roy had to say. He wants to get uh, Siaki from, from Baylor, the big, I, we need a big sloppy one technique. I'm all about that. I mean, I think uh, to honor, to honor Tony Saragusa, who's passed on, we need to get somebody like the goose. I think that uh, I think that's what we need. That would be a good pick. Just not yeah, in the first be, round. Yeah, no, that would be later on, definitely. Yes. Definitely. So what are we going to say? I'm sorry to interrupt you. And, no, no, no. I was just going to say, so today we hosted uh, Darnell Wright uh, on a top 30 visit. Um, some of the other p players that we've uh, we've held uh, visits for, for wide receiver, is what um, intrigues me. So um, we've had Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, Josh Down, Tank Dell, and Jaden Reed, um, they, they like their, I mean, like not all of them are, are small, but most of them are under, you know, six foot and, uh, under 200 pounds. I, they really do like the smaller bodied wide receivers and why do it's you think a, that a, is? Well, they want speed, obviously. What else do but they I, want? I, you're going to have to sell you on this, Sarah. I'm going to try to say on this and you don't put, they need slot receivers. No. Okay. <laughs> I am not convinced, and I I will go to my grave. I am not well, you, convinced. You don't. Gabe, you're, you're not convinced. You watch Kansas City beat our heads in with slot receivers in the playoffs all the time, and then tell me we don't need something like Jerry. That. I'm not saying I never said we don't need a, a slot receiver. Never said that. I said we need to we need to draft. Obviously, I would love to 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 draft JSN if that was possibility. It's it's probably not. We would have to draft. We'd have to go up, trade up way too far in order to get him. Um, Zay Flowers can do both. He's an outside and inside um, guy. He he can definitely play, um, you know, both slot and a boundary. I, I don't mind Zay anymore. Um, All I'm saying, you know, Tank Dell is very, 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 very tiny. Um, 
I think he's not even like 180 pounds. Like it's, it's, he's like really, it scares me how tiny he is. But with that, with all that being said, I've never said we don't need a a, a slot receiver. I've actually said over and over again, I think we need two. I think we need a slot receiver. And then I think we need someone to go in there to compete with Gabe at, at the very least compete with Gabe, but at the very, the very most take over as wide receiver too. Um, I think that we still need a boundary guy. I'm not convinced that that uh, Gabe is consistent enough to be that person every week. That is all. <laughs> <laughs> you keep on putting it in my mouth that I'm saying that we don't need a slot receiver. But I'm not um, saying you did, but you did. I, I mean, I'm just, I, I don't know. Here's what I do know. Here's what I do know. Everybody likes to trash Gabe Davis. Um, I'm still trying to figure that one out. Um, you know, I, we, we constantly want to, here's the thing. What happens if this year we go into, into the season and I see, I don't believe in the, here's the thing I don't believe in. And I, I'd be curious to get John's opinion on this. I don't really believe in this whole one, two, three, four wide out thing. I mean, I understand we have wide outs that are better maybe than others or whatever, but I don't believe in all this. There's a one receiver and a two receiver and a three receiver. They should all work together. They should all be able to play off one another. And are we not, you know, we keep talking about getting receiver talent. We have some receiver talent, but are we talking about we're not putting them in a position to be successful? Or is it more that or is it more the lack of talent? Because I give you, I give you Philadelphia, who the year before was not very good. And then all of a sudden, they become this prolific passing team, and they've got talent. They picked Brown up in the draft on the mm-hmm. trade beforehand. But what I'm saying is, is they've got a lot of people, but they work together. You know, Jay Spence, we need a wide receiver number two. I think we need four wide receivers. I want all my wide receivers to be number one receivers. They all work together. You never hear anybody at the offensive line go, we got a one, a two, a three. He's a fourth lineman. We need a we need a new fourth lineman, not a new. I, I don't know. I just think they all work together. But that's just me. Hey, what do I know? Yeah, what do you know, Jerry? <laughs> what do I know? I it's been. I'm, I'm, I had like a crazy day. Like my day was like really kind of stressful and not very good. And then I had this uh. thing happen where it was really good. And now I'm kind of giddy about it. So I'm in a little bit of a. <laughs> I'm in a little bit of a chippy mood right now. So Spence all wants right. to hook up. I'm all about hooking up. There you go. Oh, and Joe's Joe's chiming in yeah. now too. <laughs> they know they're they're just trying to pick a fight. Yeah, yeah. And I watched so, Tombstone last night too, you two goons. So I'm not intimidated by either of these. <laughs> uh so um who was it? I'm gonna scroll back up through the the comments. Um Daryl put <laughs> they're gonna draft some dude who hasn't been to a top thirty visit. I feel like they do that a lot too. So, um, they end up, you know, put, pulling the, you know, the sheet over our heads and we're all like, okay, so here's the 30 people right. that they're, that's on their draft board. And then they end up, you know, going with somebody who, uh, they never even met with as a, you know, a private, um, top 30 visit. So we have to remember that they still interview all them. they have, you know, senior bowl, they have the, the combine. Go ahead, Jerry. Um, no, go ahead. I'm, I have to turn no, the ahead. comments off because Joe, oh, I wasn't. I'm not looking. I at have that. to turn the comments <laughs> off because Joe has obviously has obviously gotten his card since he's been away, and now he's come back. If you live in Oklahoma, you understand what getting your card means. It, it means that you're able to go to a certain establishment and buy certain products to enjoy <laughs> at your home in a, in a in a in a medical manner. But um, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> what did Joe say though? I didn't even <laughs> The numbers of the receivers dictate the coverage that you get. Well, in a certain I, I get what he's saying. Basically, you know, if they view you as the second best wide receiver on the field, you're gonna go against the second best, you know, corner on the field. But there are times where is the this like is little going... kid basketball? No, when, I when it, you're gonna guard him finished... so you get the red wristband, and he gets the red wristband, and that is who you cover because you both have the of red course wristband. Not. Of course not. As I was saying, there are defenses that they're going to change the scheme up during the the game, and as they as they um, turn it around, just like we're going to put possibility of putting digs in the slot to to change things around. 
they're not going to, you know, move cornerback one to take, you know, to, to the slot if he's not used to playing the slot in that in, What in about that the instance. teams that play receiver? What about the teams that play corners on one side of the field? They only play half the field. And say Diggs lines up on the right, but then he goes to the left, and that guy's supposedly your best corner. Is he going to go over with him, or is he going to play his half the field? Because that's the way the defense plays. Of course, that's my point. That that's exactly what I was just saying. It's they're they're not going to always move with the right. wide receiver. I'm sorry, I didn't understand. I'm still I'm in a daze right now. <laughs> I'm in a daze. I'm in a daze uh, by this. Go ahead, John, continue. John said, "I want to see Jerry Stone." So <laughs> I think next week we need to have a we need to have um some uh some of that, Jerry. That's no, funny. Jerry doesn't need any of that. Jerry, I've, I'm powered on Fresca right now. Fresca, that's our new sponsor of the show, Fresca. Yeah, but you got to put Tito's in it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, so today we we re-signed officially Jordan Phillips, so that's right. that's in the books. Um, I've been one of the people that with doing my mock drafts and stuff, I've been picking a lot of uh, um, like an edge rusher or defensive end, um. Just because obviously we haven't re-signed uh, Shaq Lawson at this point in time yet, um, and we don't know when Vaughn's going to come back. So, you know, I've been kind of um, doing a lot of the the draft where we're we're picking up a um, either an edge guy or a defensive end. But then today, um, Matt Perino had tweeted out some of the the free agents that are still available, and I honestly think that we're going to wait until after the draft, but after the draft, we're going to pick up one of these guys and they're going to take, you know, a, a, a low deal for one year um, because they're still available and they want to be on a winning team. I'm, I'm going to believe in that. And, you know, Melvin Ingram, Frank Clark, J- uh, Jadavian Clowney, uh, Bud Dupree, Shaq, of course, Justin Houston, just the list is like a whole bunch. I granted they're all older. They're all getting older now. Um, and that's why you only do the one year deal. But I, you know, can't imagine um, getting somebody in the draft that's going to impact for this year w- the way one of those guys could. So I honestly think we're going to need two. I'm going to. I think that we're going to need someone to fill in for for Vaughn, um, and then someone, you know, to to kind of go um, between whether it's you know Boogie and um, and Rousseau. We're going to need um, more, in my opinion, uh, depth there so well, i think and i agree with you i think it helps us if we get somebody that can stand up and we can put rousseau back with his hand on the ground i think that makes that defensive line better um you know with him standing up and being away from it that weakens that defensive line and again i've been preaching it for the last so many weeks we've got to get better up the middle on both sides of the ball it, it's got to happen i don't care who's playing one two eight receiver i don't care who's doing what we have got to get better on both lines of scrimmage yeah so I'm uh, I'm kind of on board uh, with uh, getting somebody in free agency versus getting somebody in the draft. Now I'm, I'm kind of switching that attention. Um... Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. So there was a couple of other questions. So today on on Twitter, there was a debate. Um, well, it was more of a comment, and then it became a debate um, of who is the best wide receiver ever in Bill's history. Um, it was, you know, a discussion between Andre Reid and um, obviously Stefan Diggs now. But then some people brought up, well, what about Molds? What about, you know, Peerless Price? What about Stevie Johnson? 
So the the list started going, you know, on and on. Why are you putting your hands up? Is Diggs in the Hall of Fame? No, obviously, when you're comparing somebody who's no, there's no argument. When you're comparing someone who is currently in the NFL and currently playing versus someone who has been retired. I mean, there's obviously, a, you know, a, a difference in conversation that you can't you can't go just to the Hall of Fame. Will Diggs be in the Hall of Fame? Probably. I, how do you say that? I mean, have you seen his, his numbers? <laughs> yeah, I have. He, I mean, I, he's playing well. I mean, but there's longevity. There's things like that. I mean, I mean, I don't think he's a lock in the, as a Hall of Famer right now. And to be honest with you, I don't think he's the second best receiver in franchise history. Eric Moulds is, is the second best receiver in franchise history. So, see, I, I love Reed. Don't get me wrong. But I actually was always a Moulds fan. Like, that was my guy. Like, I still have a jersey for, that's forever years old. <laughs> Um, and I have a peerless price Jersey too. Those are, those were my two guys. Um, and I, you know, for, for years, then when Stevie came on, I was like, I love Stevie, but I never said he would have been in the conversation as one of the best in Bill's history. No offense to Stevie, love him. But, you know, when you're comparing it to those guys that, you know, really put their stamp, you know, on the team. Um, but I'm I'm gonna say that if Diggs keeps on keeps on having his the, you know a couple more seasons the way he has been, he will end his career as the best Bills wide receiver ever. I don't I won't say it now, but I do think he will end his career that way. Spence Spence said two things. He said two things on the comments. Like I said earlier, hit the comment section. Tell us what you're thinking. Also, hit the like button, smash button. Uh, smash the uh, subscribe button. We're here every Thursday night, 9 Eastern, 8 Central. But Spence says, one thing I agree with, T.U. is better, T.O., T.U., T.O., Terrell Owens is better than all of them, which you he can probably, I would, act, I would argue that. long enough. I would argue that. And then. He wasn't on the bill long enough. That's then my he, only Then he says there. in the other breath that Diggs is an absolutely, is absolutely a lock for the Hall of Fame. This coming from a dude that thought that, our all pro safety is going to get $12 million a year, but he didn't, but I'm just saying, I mean, you know, there's a track record sometimes, but you know, that's just me. You are frisky tonight. Jeez. I'm trying to pick a fight. They came I at me early. They came see. at me. Sorry. It's their <laughs> fault. They came, they, they called each other up and said, Hey, let's mess with Jerry O tonight. We're going to yep. come straight at him. And they did. So uh, Papa Ron put Mould is in in the hall, but I'd say he was the best this team has ever had. He also didn't have the the quarterback play. Um, so I I love Molds. Don't get me, like I love Molds. Same thing with Peerless Price. Those were like my two guys. Like I said, um, but again, I Diggs is like I think the guy now, and I, you know we got to give him another you know two years, uh, you know to have the amount of time in a Bills uniform. Um, but I think that he will definitely end his career as the best wide receiver the Bills have ever seen, ever had. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to go with Andre Reed because unlike everybody else that can only play slot or only play outside or play only one or two, Andre played outside receiver, he played inside receiver. Don't say that about Diggs, because Diggs. He was an innovator. He was an innovator. Well, why doesn't he? He was an innovator in in the passing game, as far as bringing in hot routes with uh, with uh, Jim Kelly, cha- they changed the game, and that's great. I'm glad he got four thousand yards, four one thousand yard seasons in a row. If Dre played nowadays, he'd probably do the same thing. So I'm I'm just until I, I'm just saying it. I, I, yeah. Well, Diggs Diggs has played slot a couple of times. That. He did play slot a couple of times this this season. He's got to be schemed into the play that way. I mean that. I mean that's on Dorsey, but he did play in the slot sometimes, and I actually think he would excel like ridiculously in that in that role if we move him. Come on, come on. If we keep going with that, slot. keep going I've with that. I've been saying that though, Jerry. I've been I saying agree that. with you. Okay. I, that's what. That's where I want him. I want him to play the slot. I don't think he's an outsider. I do think he's an outsider receiver. He plays well there. I think he's a killer. Absolute killer. I think with there. his route running, it would be ridiculous. Yes, I agree with you 100%. Finally, <laughs> Jerry agrees One with something. 1 million percent. <laughs> Carl, I agree with you. He was our best slot receiver when he played there. 
I agree yeah. with you. And by the way, Spence, I, if I put words in your mouth, I apologize. I don't want you <laughs> mad at me. Joe, I'm still mad at you. You can't yeah. make up. <laughs> All you know, right, I, agree so- with, I agree with that. I really do. And I think the best receivers go in. And I think if the offense coordinator was smart, he would, he would hide him and move him around. But that's just me. Yeah. So uh, someone put something fun on Twitter today. They said, how many uh, passing yards will Josh have this uh, this season? So everyone can comment what their what you know their idea is. But what do you think, Jerry? I mean, as of what right did he have now, last year? What did he have last uh, year? For, about forty-five. I think forty-four. Well, we know he's going to already have a thousand from Diggs. That's a lock. I mean, most then, more like fifteen hundred is what he's been kind of averaging. Well, thirteen to fifteen hundred is what he's been averaging. I don't know. I I think that. And this is without us going out and getting another wide receiver at this point in time. So this is what the current roster that we have. What do you think? I'm, I don't know because I'm nerved up about him, about him staying healthy with what the situation at hand. I want to see how this whole thing works. I want to see, I want to see Dorsey with a second season under his belt. Can he protect Josh Allen better? Can he keep hits off of him? Is our offensive line going to stay healthy? Are we going to get well, yeah. a running back? I mean, I think that, you know? I think we've already upgraded our offensive line, even if it's just a little bit. I think we've already upgraded it. Um, I think we'll upgrade it more. Um, so I I post when I posted, I put forty seven fifty, and um and you know that's passing. Um, obviously, I'm hoping his his rushing yards go down a little bit. Um, I want him to run when he needs to. A couple of design plays. Um, but I don't want him to be our, you know, RB two uh, anymore. No, I think he, I think he throws for four. I don't know how much somewhere in the fours. I mean, over four is you might as well just, you know, what is if you say forty seven hundred and somebody else says forty six hundred. I said forty seven fifty. Yeah. I mean, but last over year, over four thousand um, yards is a great season. I mean, yeah. Seriously. Well, he had over four thousand last year, and everyone's saying he had a bad season. So. Well, he did because he threw the ball to the other team more than he threw it to his own team. But that's besides the point. Gotcha. All right, I'm gonna go touch that right now. <laughs> um, I'm, I mean, you know, no, but then I, again, I it's, again, you can't you can't critique him. He's uncritiquable. Well, no, I not, and we got an argument about that what two weeks ago. I've never said he's he's not you know not not critiquable. He's definitely critiquable. Um, I'm just saying that some people look at him and and say his turnovers. Yes, I think his you know his turnovers were definitely an issue. Um, I really enjoyed seeing uh, there was a tweet out the other day that showed how many of them were, you know pretty much his fault or getting hit in the pocket um, or, you know, it, along with the, you know, his fumbles and stuff like that. So um, it, it was interesting to see the, the difference. I'm uh, giving him excuses. I know that's the next thing that's going to come out of your mouth. Um, no, you know, well, you know, his, his injury and everything else. Yes. He threw more, you know, interceptions. My, my thing is, is the interceptions in the red zone is what killed me. Um, he's trying to do too much with, you know, on his own. Uh, Joe Miller. Um, honestly, to be honest with you, all BSing aside and being completely transparent, we do need to have another one to two weapons at receiver. We don't have enough options outside of digs. We have to get more dynamic there. We have to get speed. We have to be able to play inside, outside, and those types of things. I agree with you. The other thing is, if we're not going to throw to our tight end more, why do we pay him the money we paid him? move them and get somebody else in here or just come out and make an effort, a concerted effort to sell out and throw to the tight end. I know we, we got on the tight end a lot because of lack of production. To be honest with you, I don't think it was his fault because he wasn't targeted as much. Now he did drop some balls, but I also think a lot of that is if you want a guy to be consistent catching it, you got to throw it to him. Yeah. I think in the beginning of the year, it was more, you know, him being in his head with his brother passing and, I don't think he was quite ready to to put football first. Then he started with the drops. And I think that, you know, we kind of took him out of, of playing for, for quite a while. We, you know, he was on the field, but we weren't targeting him the way we normally were, you know, we're targeting him. I noticed at the end of the year, though, we did start to, you know, distribute the ball to him a little bit more. So right. I'm hoping, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, he's back and he's he's good. <laughs> And, uh, you know, we'll be able to to start utilizing him again. 
I'm still on board with getting another um, tight end this year. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, if, if one falls in the first round, I am still, I am saying I am right. not opposed to picking up somebody in the first round. Um, even though some people are like, are you um, kidding me? I don't want to reach for one in the first round. Um, this is a very deep draft for tight ends. So we will be able to pick somebody up in mid rounds. That's still going to have an impact. Um, and, you know, I, we still have Morris and I think Morris is a very good tight end. So uh, it'll be interesting to see that, you know, that dynamic if if we utilize them, like, you know, like we've been saying. I guess the question is, Sarah, to you is, is and this is what this is the part that's that kind of goes back to the football person in me. Everybody throws all this stuff out there. We need a running back. We need a receiver. We need a whatever. We need. Honest, honestly, what is the thing? that puts this football team over the top and takes them to the next level. What is the one thing they need to do as a football team to, to get to the next level? I, I've been preaching it for a while. I think you know what it is, but what is your, what is your one thing? Because we have a wish list, but we're not going to get that entire wish list. We only have so much money. I honestly, I mean, are are you referring to like the team as a whole or, or the roster? I'm just going to do this. Let's 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 do this. Let's split it down the middle and say offense and defense. Offensively, what's the one thing they need to do to be that championship offense? Defensively, what's the one thing you think they need to do to be a championship defense? Because obviously, okay. there's something missing. I'm a little split on offense. I think it has to do with obviously our our offensive line. I think is we still need to get a little bit better. We need more competition on that line right now. But I also think that it. Even if we didn't, even if the line was the way it was going in day one, I think it, it, it lies in Dorsey's hands at this point in time. I think that, um, you know, if he can utilize his players a little bit better um, in year two, then uh, we're going to be a better team all around to begin with. Um, and then on the defensive side, I, I don't think that we like obviously free agency. I'd rather pick up a free agent. Um, linebacker at this point in time. Um, I think our needs are more future needs. Um, unless we get rid of Oliver, then we obviously need a, a defensive tackle um, sooner rather than later. We're going to need an edge rusher events eventually. We're going to need a safety eventually. But none of them are like we need them right now. So, right. Um, you know, it, for me, I would rather get, like I said, the edge rusher out of um, – out of free agency, uh, someone that's going to come in that has, you know, that's a veteran. Um, but then middle linebacker, there's not a lot that are out there in free agency right now. So we're going to have to draft a, a, a linebacker. It just depends on, you know, where we feel comfortable doing that because this right. is not the year to, it's really not the year for, for linebackers. So, um, but that's what I, I personally think it's, you know, personnel wise, that's what it is. But then, I think there's a major contrib- you know, contribution of, of coaching on both sides of the ball that is going to play into that. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. You know, I think that's I think that's a big thing. And I want to I want to I want to build off of what you just said about coaching. I think that the biggest thing we need to do offensively is we have to be more consistent up front. We have to be able to do some things up front we did not do last year. One of those is more of a we need to be able to put a hat on a hat and move people and create some running lanes. We need to protect our quarterback. I'm I'm not so sure that we don't have the talent to do that. I'm not so sure that we don't have the scheme that's appropriate for what we have. And I think that that's a big deal. Coaches getting offensive linemen into schemes and positions where they can be successful with what they have. And I think you'll if you talk to others, they'll agree, you know. They got two guards in free agency. Are these guys going to push the guards we have? Are they going to create opportunities to play? Can the one guy go outside and play tackle if he has to? They say he can. We'll see. I think that's a big deal, that thing there. Coaching these guys appropriately 
and getting them in appropriate schemes and then obviously staying healthy. The way you help linebacker on defense is to get big, snarly, nasty dudes inside that keep guards and centers away from them. Okay, if you necess- if you think that maybe we have some guys up front or at linebacker on the team, okay, if you think we have some of those guys that can compete, maybe you're not happy with a Jack Campbell like everybody else is in love with because he's like the of one of two and a half linebackers that are available that are first round guys. They say, um, but if if you don't necessarily have the or in position to pick one or get one for agency, and you got one on the roster. Get your front guys better. Your one technique, your two technique, your three technique, right? Grab two guards, grab a center, keep people off of them. Now they're making plays because they're running free, right? Again, what is that? That's coaching. That's scheme. That's all that. So I think that's a big thing, and and I've been preaching it for a while. You know what I want. I want to get better up the middle on both sides of the ball. But I think you you hit it on the head. At some point, the coaching staff has to look at what they have and make their scheme work with their talent. The guys that continually try to hammer their scheme into any player, they don't last long. And, you know, it'd be nice to see us maybe do some things, some stretch zone or some true stretch, pin and pull concepts on the offensive line side, maybe get some big nasty dudes, play a little two-gap inside. You don't have to hop gaps all the time. We like to hop gaps. Play a little two-gap. Hold guys up and see what happens. So I think you're you're on to something there. All right. So uh, a couple weeks ago, we had some Twitter questions and Facebook questions, and we've been so we've been inundated with so many. We haven't been able to actually finish them all. So I wanted to to finally touch base. Um, so Joe from Twitter said, "What is Jerry's favorite memory as a Buffalo Bill?" That's <clears throat> probably there's a couple of them. One would be. One would be the very first game I played in. Um, I got I, I was called up with with uh, three games left in the season, and um, was called up to the roster. Marv called me in early in the week and said, "Hey, we're going to activate you, pull you off the practice squad." We uh, and you can find this game on YouTube. It's pretty crazy. I watched it the other day in condensed version. It's pretty cool. But um, it was a Sunday night ESPN game. And um, Paul McGuire was doing the color commentating. I can't remember the name of the guy that was doing the play-by-play, but I hear his voice. And it was the crazy game where um, Jim threw a ball that bounced off of somebody. Andre caught it, or I think it was Andre. Maybe it was was I think it was Andre caught it, ran it for a touchdown. It was like a really wild game. Um, so our our left our left guard got hurt. No, our right guard got hurt earlier in the game. And a guy named Mike Devlin went in to play right guard. So I was over in the sidelines wearing my ball cap. I'm like, hey, man, this is great. I'm chilling. I'm on the, in Miami. You know, I don't think I want to play. And at that point, the right guard or the left guard gave up another sack. It was like his second sack he gave up in the game. And after that series, Tom Bresnahan, our offensive line coach, turned around. He looked at me. He goes, you're in next series. And I literally did one of those. Like, seriously, like I'm looking behind me like, <laughs> yeah, man, you're in next series. And they're like no, you're in next series. I'm like, oh my God. And I went in and I'm like, I can still remember it. You know, Kent was telling me, Kent Hull was telling me to calm down. And he goes, I'll tell you all the calls. You'll be fine. You'll know where to go. And I ended up playing the next series and played the rest of the game. And after the game, Jim gives me and Mike Devlin a game ball. And the next morning, the next morning, uh, it was either the next morning or Tuesday morning. I'm on. Uh, it was a uh, ninety. What is it? Ninety-seven rock. Was it ninety-seven rock? What? No. What was the edge up there? One hundred three three. The edge. I don't remember. It was whatever the radio station that Ted Shred was on. It was Shred and Reagan in the morning. Whatever channel that is. I'm always Shred and Reagan on the radio. I ended up getting a, a a show with him every season. But no, it was crazy, man. Like I went from like practicing and being a practice squad guy to playing. And I never left the field after that. I played every game from that point on and it was just nuts. So that was probably my, my, my that memory. And when I scored a touchdown against San Diego, that was, uh, that was cool too. So did you like, especially for your first game um, where you actually were going to go into play, did you ever get like that? Not only nervousness, but like Josh says, he still like <clears throat> throws up before every game. Yeah. 
I get ner like I get nervous when my kid plays. Yeah. Like I was nervous. I was, you know, the thing was I was on the sideline and, and it was kind of one of those sudden things that I couldn't believe it and I went in. But no, I was yes, for me anyway, if I'm not nervous, then something's wrong. So the bigger the game, the bigger the situation, the more nerves show up. But yes, I was I was I was very nervous. Yeah. Very yeah. nervous. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, the next question was for me. It was uh, Casey from Facebook, um, from my uh, my Bills Buffalo uh, Buffalo Stampede uh, Facebook group. She said, "Sarah, what made you decide to start consecutive game streak and keep it going?" Um, realistically, it was it was more. I have a group of friends that traveled, so I would start to to travel with them um, to a couple of games, and uh, twenty. 19 i went to quite a few games um away for the first time i was i was that girl was like i am not going to an away game i can't stand other fans i'm not doing it <laughs> i had my own little ritual where every you know every game night i was doing something very specific on my sofa with the same food same drink same you know coaster every like i i was really um superstitious with it all um but like I said, a couple of guys that I would travel with, they got me to go to a couple of these away games and, you know, knowing other people was fun. So like, you know, going right. to the tailgates and, and having other people around, um, they, and they started introducing me to people. Um, so I went to quite a few games in, in 2019 and then the tail end of the season, I pretty much started, um, doing, you know, back to back to back type thing. Um, then we went to the Houston um, playoff game. And then 2020, obviously, I was like, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to keep this going. And then COVID year happened. So, you know, sitting at home and not being able to go to any games um, really got to me. So I was just like, okay, next year, I have nothing holding me back. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to go to, you know, to as many games as I can get to. And right. 2021, uh, you know, 2020 um, season, we ended up going to the Kansas City game. Um, it was the only COVID game um, that we were able to to actually attend. Um, but then, you know, 2021, uh, I started and it was, I didn't realize, that I have a couple of, you know, friends, obviously, you know, I, you know I've met Pinto Ron, um, he Kenny is almost going to be at 500. He'll he'll be at 500 by the right. end of the season, um, which is absolutely ridiculous um, to to even you know consider it. But he started to motivate me a lot to do it, and he was like, "But he's like Sarah, when you get to 50, you don't turn, you just don't turn back, you don't turn back." So um, he knows that I'm going to get to 50 this year, and he's just like, "I'm telling you, you might want to miss week one or week two." <laughs> He's like, you're never going to stop. So. No, I can see why you continually do it because it's just like, it's just like, you know, COVID brought on this new age of, of communication, the way people do things and a lot of podcasting and vidcasting and stuff. It was there before, but let's face facts. COVID kind of took it to another level and it's been so cool. Like I can see why you do it because you get to see, you know, like just, just knowing Jay Spence and Joe and everybody yourself uh, Kimmy is hilarious. Um, you know, John, of course, we've known each other for a long, long time. Um, Al, you know, there's just a whole bunch of people, you know, Alyssa, there's just a whole, there's a whole group of people and it's, it's just, and you want to be around them, man. I mean, it's cool to be able to go to games and hang out with those types of people, yeah. hang out with your friends and do it. So I hope, I hope you get to continue that streak. I hope that you, uh, you have the means to do it. You stay healthy. And uh, I hope you get to go to London this year. I really do. Oh, I, that's, um, that would be awesome. That is 100%. Um, I'm actually going to turn it into a London slash Paris trip. Um, so Ooh. that is 100% happening. Um, definitely doing that. Uh, my my thing is I don't know if I'm going to do the whole season um, right right yet because right. <laughs> I don't know how much Paris is going to cost or Paris and London is going to cost me. Um, right. But I will, you know. Definitely be to Philadelphia, Washington. Um, definitely going back out to LA. 
pretty much the 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 stadiums that I haven't been to, I will definitely be going to. Um, I'm trying to do the round robin of all the stadiums at this point in time. So, you know, we'll definitely keep the streak going for as long as I can. But um, it gets by the end of the year, it gets a little, you know, it gets a little redundant and tiring. Um, the travel itself. Um, I love the tailgates. I love seeing everybody. I love walking into a tailgate and having people like run to me and pick me up and Sarah, you know, it's, it's a great feeling, you know, especially right. when you see these people, you know, every week and they're still excited to see you. So it's, you know, always been, you know, it's always, I shouldn't say always, it was a very lonely experience for many years. I would drag my son and, you know, we wouldn't really tailgate and whatnot. And I'd walk around just trying to get to know a few people that, you know, I've met on like Facebook or whatnot. Um, but the last, you know, last four years or so, four or five years, I really started to, to meet more and more people. And um, now I have friends that are, you know, OG Bills Mafia that, you know, we call them that, you know, they've been fans for 40 plus years and um, and travel all over the place. And um, and then I got some of the, the newer people that, you know, I've met and, you know, I've actually changed. You know, I was going for many years. I was going over to Hammer's Lot. Now I go over to, to Mafia House. And it's just become, you know, a fun part of the, the game. But I will admit, I love the atmosphere in the game, but I'd rather watch the game on television. I feel like you see more. I'm I'm like yeah. the person texting everybody. Um, and I probably tick a few people off because during the game, I'm like, what? Who was that? They're not showing the replay. Who, who just got hurt? Or who just made that tackle? Or, like, it gets me a little frustrated being there um, and, you, you know, can't you can't necessarily watch every play but i just moved my season tickets so um it's either going to be something that i love or i hate uh i love sitting front row in most stadiums um but the way the bill stadium is set up it uh front row is very low to the ground so i just moved to the front row um on the 35 yard line behind the bills bench i was on i was in the same section but i was up um on the 30 yard or 30 like 30 rows up. So I'll be down uh, front row. So it'll be a, a fun season. I'll definitely get caught on television. I'm sure quite a few times. Um, but I don't know what my, my, you know, vantage point's going to be. So all of my friends better, you know, be willing to answer my text messages this year. Right. So, but yeah, so I'm definitely going to travel to some games this year um, that are away. Um, I keep on telling people if I go to the first 10 games of the season, I will probably finish out the season. Um, that's kind of what kept me going last year. Uh, I, you know, went to the first few and then I had to go to, you know, the last few. So like, there was like three in between that I was like, why am I going to cut my, my streak because of these? So, and I, and trust me, uh, someone asked me the other day, uh, what was the worst experience I've had so far with all the travel? And I would have to say it was the um, the game that was moved to Detroit this year. Uh, it yeah. was I flew, and you know I have to thank um, you know a couple people. I think Dan Freddie was one of the people who was picking on me on one of our our podcasts, saying, "Sarah, you need to fly in now. You need to fly in now." I ended up changing my flight and flying in the next day, and I flew in. I landed, and an hour and a half later, they moved the location of the game. So then I was stuck in Buffalo for two days trying to fly out um, to get over to Detroit. Uh, and, you know, finally was able, I was the only flight that that left that day out of Buffalo to Detroit. So I definitely was was lucky. Awesome. Awesome. Uh-oh. We have a super Just chat. Hit the yes, we do. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Go ahead. The injuries last year were catastrophic. This is from Carl uh, Tommen. I thought I'd say how you pronounce it. Tommen, Toman. The injuries last year were catastrophic. Josh was hurt in the pocket. Healthy teams win championships. If the Bills stay healthy, they will win it all. 
Yes, I agree with you, Carl, on a lot of that. I think that's a huge part of it. I think that they were banged up, but I do think they still need a few pieces. But you are correct. I think that um, they did get banged up, especially up front. The lines got beat up, and um, you know they needed to they needed to stay a little bit more healthy. And then, and we're still not going to. Nobody's taking into account into account, and I'll say it. And you talked about it earlier. Having to go to Detroit, then the Demar situation, fighting injuries. There's just there's just a lot. It was just a lot. So uh, hopefully they stay healthy. No crazy things happening this season, and they're able to just go out and perform. I'm uh, for everybody listening on the podcast section. Uh, <laughs> some of these comments are getting a little uh, out yes. of hand tonight, so uh, we definitely have some disagreements going on in the in the chat room. That's why we're kind of laughing a little bit here. Um, but pretty much, uh, you know, anything else you wanna you wanna touch on this week? Or thank you, uh, Mr. Toman. I appreciate you helping. Uh, me pronounce your name. Thank you so much. And Carl, thank you for uh, for Toman. doing that for us. Thank you for joining us. Toman, thank you. I appreciate it. No, I mean, I think that, um, all kidding aside, I was I was having a little bit of fun earlier. Um, those two those two goons do give me a headache every now and then, but no, seriously. Yeah, I was just, kept going you know. with other people now, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> you, I know. You, you rubbed off on everybody. Exactly. I feel like it's, it was like Braveheart. Where are you going to pick a fight? <laughs> <laughs> No, I was um, no, not really. I think it's uh, I'm, I'm I'm really excited for the draft because I think it's going to answer a lot of questions for what what we would ex- what we should expect moving into into training camp for the Bills. I think that this draft is really going to set the tone because I know I mean there's so many for for one time this is the one time this is how you kind of know the Bills are good. I think there's there's no real true blue consensus number one thing that anybody says they should get right. If you ask five different Bills fans, they'll give you five different answers. You know, well, somebody's going to tell you we need a receiver. Somebody's going to say we need an offensive tackle. We need a D, we need DBs and safeties. I mean, there's a linebacker. So I don't think that I don't think this team by any means is in distress. I think that and this takes a little bit of luck and it takes a little bit of that because of evaluation, but are the picks they make are the picks they're making the right ones? Do they pan out? And if they are, because really, even at 27, because a lot of times people feel like you're not going to get a day one starter at 27, even at 27, if you hit right, you possibly find a diamond in the rough or a gem there that wasn't you guys Trey, shouldn't say diamond in the rough. But wasn't Trey 27? Or he was like 27 or 24. I think it was 27. Who? Trey White. So yeah. you could definitely find somebody. Right, you find somebody there. But you know how it is. They don't ever really consider – that late enough. That's why so many people trade out. So if we find somebody that can be productive, we can start. Um, it'll be great, but it'll be uh, it'll be interesting because there's there's a lot of different opinions of which way they should go. Yeah. So I mean, a main com- you know topic of conversation in the in the chat right now is if we don't. I, I don't want to say if we don't win it all, but I'm not sure if that's where it started. Um, right. But if you know whether or not McDermott is on the hot seat. I, we've talked about this before, and you and you know the answer that I that I gave. I think he is, yeah, and I think a big part of it is. But see, I, I see the signs. I see the signs. Um, the fact that that Leslie Frazier is gone, and he did not go out and hire a defense coordinator. I, I kind of see the signs. He sees that things are getting maybe a little bit thin. As far as people's patience are getting a little bit thin, it's time to produce. We only have we only have high level Josh Allen for so long. Although, you know, you've got other guys as well that maybe are we wasting their best years or not? I just I don't think, and I know a big part of it is Sarah, and I, I get it. I think because we had that seventeen year drought, we had such a, a, a you know, a carousel at quarterback. We were, you know, one after another, after another, trying to find our franchise guy. And then we finally find the franchise guy. We find a coach that brings stability. Why are we going to get rid of him after we had such disarray for so long? Um, it still comes down to winning. And when you're building a multi-million dollar, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, a brand new stadium across the street with a franchise quarterback that only has so many years, Something, 
something's got to give. And I, yeah. I really do. I, I mean, think, I think that he's on the hot seat. I really do. It, it kills me that people are saying it though, just because, you know, five out of, what is it? Five out of six years we've been to the playoffs. Um, he's now the most winningest coach um, in, in Bill's history. Like um, you can't keep on going 13 and three and, and, you know, 14 and two. And, you know, right. even, even a bad year to, you know, two years ago, 12 and five, like, it's still really what most teams are like trying to, to get, right. you can't go that many years doing that. Well, I, I just don't think, you know, um, it's right to, to assume that some guy could be on, on the, the chopping block when he's doing that well. Um, in the, you know, in the Bill's in fan needs to, you got Bill's fan. And I say you guys means as well, but Bill's fan needs to choose what they want. And Paparon makes a good comment. And I agree with I agree with what he has to say. He says, I remember the Reds fired Dusty Baker after multiple playoffs because he couldn't get them to the World Series. They haven't been back to the playoffs since. I understand that and I get that. But the Bills now, I don't think these other coaching situations, the head coach had the talent or the it, it's kind of a it's kind of a pyramid, right? The ownership's the head of the pyramid. You got the general manager and you got the head coach. Okay, it's kind of a pyramid. When when Ralph owned the team, and as it, as he started moving on in his years, that whole dynamic was broken. It was it was it was blown up. Okay, talent wasn't correct. There was no communication. There was a coaching carousel, and it led to no continuity and no structure. McDermott comes in, you have Bean coming in, and then you have the Pagulas, and you have that perfect pyramid again, right? Bean's drafting good players. They hit on Josh Allen. McDermott's a hell of a head coach. He's he's definitely a guy that will win more than he loses because of the way he plays football, coaches football, and the percentages. And now all of a sudden we go from 17 years of a drought to a team that many felt last year should have contended for and won the Super Bowl, right? Well. Over time, it's like this has been how many years now? We've kind of went to the same level, right? The same spot, like you just talked about, and it and we and we lose. At some point in time, somebody's got to answer for that. So you have to you have to choose you have to choose, and that's what I say to Papa Ron. You have to choose what you want. Do you want to be a team that makes the playoffs and it's just good enough and is going to waste your franchise or your or your you know your Hall of Fame type quarterback's career? Or are you going to try to win it? What do you want to do? I mean, seriously. I mean, okay, I could keep McDermott and, and right. continually go to the playoffs. That's fine. But I'm, I'm going to counter that with saying that's, that's in essence saying that keeping McDermott is not trying to win it when he's put us in position to win it every no, uh, year. No, no, no. Let me, let me rephrase that. No, I didn't actually say that. What I said was if he continues to have the same results. Okay, if we continue to have the same results to where you continually go, because there's people right now, they want to fire who I believe is the best coach in the NFL in, in Mike Tomlin at Pittsburgh. They won one Super Bowl. Some will say that he won it with other players, with other coaches' players. And while they've never had a losing record since he's been there, that's what they're known for, right? They're known for not having a losing record, and they've missed the playoffs. But there is – structure there is you know continuity there is you know things like that so i'm not saying that mcdermott can't win at all i think he can but what i'm saying is with a new stadium going in and the quarterback situation the way it is and you continually are knocking on the door but you never get there is that good enough that's all that's all i'm saying yeah i just i you know conversely i'm just saying that there is one team that wins every year so, you know, in the end, um, you, you got two teams that go and one team that wins. So you have 30 other disappointed teams um, and coaching staffs. I just, I feel like at this point in time, um, you know, yes, there gets a point where you get kind of like that um, monotony, I guess, where, you know, it's just, you know, everyone, you know, we're winning, we're doing the, you know, the 14 and two, the, you know, uh, sorry, 14 and three now, it would be 17 games. Um, 15 and two, um, however you want to look at it. I, I don't want to get rid by the way, I've, I don't want to get rid of him. I like McDermott. I think McDermott is a absolute stud. 
I'm just telling you the sentiment. It's got to go. Yeah. Since nobody will criticize a quarterback, somebody's got to criticize somebody. So it's either going to be Bean or it's going to be the head coach. Well, and I so think they're a package deal. I really do think they're a package deal at this point in time. But a lot of people are saying what what I was going to say, which is I think that until the team hits that wall and like regresses, does right. worse, you know, and right. and I'm saying like worse than a 12 and five, you know, if if we're 11 right. and six, 10 and seven, if we miss the playoffs, um, if we go to the playoffs and we're out in the wild card round then yes i think mcdermott would be more on the hot seat if we are still winning you know 13 14 games 15 games whatever we're still going to the playoffs we're making you know it deeper into the playoffs um you know i don't think he would necessarily be on the hot seat i think that it would be whether or not we need a you know new defensive coordinator if we need a new oc i think those are the people that would get changed out before he would Right, and I and I I'm a huge fan of McDermott's. I don't want to see McDermott go, and I I think he's a quality coach. I put him in the same light as like a Ron Rivera. I think they're very similar. Um, I think he's a he's a stand up guy. And the other thing with if you do move him, and we only got a few minutes to go before we we uh, get out of here until next week. But think about this, and you you, you I think you might have talked about it a little bit, touched on it. If you were to move McDermott, this football team is all in with him. Um, you're probably going to lose a lot of players. You're going to have to move players. And it's basically a brand new rebuild. Um, you might even have to move your quarterback because I think they are all in with, with, with McDermott. I think that uh, they, they like playing for him. It's obvious they enjoy playing for him. And, um, you know, hopefully this draft and hopefully these free agents and everything hit. And uh, we're talking about another great season because they've put some good ones together for sure. Yeah. I, I I just want one. I really do just want. But see, <laughs> I know then we be, go to that. But see, I, then we go to that. I'm, I'm gonna be greedy and say I just want one. But I also know that once you get one, you're gonna you want more. So I get it. I'm just saying I've been waiting, you know, thirty five years. No, thirty six years for one. I want I want one. So one of us. All right. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> All right, you want one to take us, us out? One of us, one of, and by the way, why did the Super Bowl that I went to have to be the one that Travis Tritt and Tanya Tucker played at? I want like <laughs> Foo Fighters or Rihanna or something, man. But, yeah, no. I, I love. Anyway, <laughs> no, I think it'll be a great. I think we're 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 digressing now, but no, I think it's going to be a great season. I'm really looking forward to the draft. I really appreciate everybody that comes on and and types in the comments. Continually hit up Sarah on her Facebook page. Also hit me up on Twitter, Sarah on Twitter. I'm at Ostrowski Big O, Ostrowski underscore Big O. Sarah, you're at Sarah underscore Larson. Underscore. Or you Larson. can do on the yeah. Or you can do or the line to the, gain. Yep. Or hit the line to gain at line. What is it? Line underscore two underscore yeah, gain. I'll put it on the screen right now. Yeah. Yeah. Hit us up on the line to gain. We we'll answer your questions every week. It's a segment we kind of fallen into that we really really like. Um, you know, you, maybe you guys can convince her to quit being so mean to me. She's always <laughs> mean to me and yelling at me and picking at me. Um, isn't that how it works nowadays? Yeah. Um, I, but I, no, I, seriously. It's been a great show. We appreciate you coming on and uh, getting with us. Sarah, what do you got to say before we get us out of here? Nothing much. Uh, we're. I'm looking forward. We might be interviewing a NFL insider um, either next week or the um, the Wednesday before the the draft. Uh, just nailing down a date and time. Um, you know, kind of get his his viewpoint. So we have another person to argue with. Uh, so once you know all that is uh, figured out, I will announce that, and uh, that'll be fun. She's Sarah Larson. I'm the big O Jerry Ostrowski. This is Line the Game. We'll be back next week on Thursday, 9 Eastern, 8 Central. As always, one love and go Bills. Go Bills. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. 
You can add the Fundrise Flagship Fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com slash Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise Flagship Fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com slash Flagship. This is a paid advertisement. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.